if you're having panic and it's too much internally, like you're freaking out about your breathing, then let's look outside. And I'll say, name five orange things in my office. Donald Trump. Well, the band is back together again. Thanks to Ben DeCastro for filling in for me on episode 109. I, of course, am the Brian part of the Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Brian Mulhern, a longtime mental health patient. And, of course, we have Courtney Kelly, who is a longtime mental health therapist. And, Courtney, I almost can't believe that we haven't covered this topic before. Yeah. Because while it hasn't impacted me individually, I have been in situations where I've needed some advice as to how to manage manage somebody else who's going through it and mm-hmm. that would be panic attacks. Yes, and we've talked about anxiety, we've talked about a lot of different things around it, but specifically with panic attacks, I was trying to look up some numbers on this. 11 to 13% of people experience panic attacks yearly, but I also found another statistics up to 35% of the population has experienced a panic attack at some point in their lives. And a lot of people don't have them chronically. They may have them because of certain stressors going on. Sometimes we don't even know why panic attacks come on. Sometimes they can have a genetic component. So there's a lot of people who get them quite frequently. There's some people who get them at certain times of their life, certain things they're going through. But it can be very scary when they happen. And I know you said it hasn't happened to you, but you've been around people who have had them. My wife specifically. Mm -hmm. And she kind of came to this late in life. And as a matter of fact, it will surprise no one when I tell them she started having them when she began dating me. Now, it wasn't related (laughs) to yours truly for once. It was because she had been in a previous romantic relationship. Relationship, mm-hmm. And when this guy found out that she was dating me and he knew of me, he was really, really angry oh. and was giving her a very hard time mm-hmm. about it to the extent of being, I would say, borderline emotionally abusive. And I started to see her having these attacks oh. and it really almost crippled and paralyzed me because mm-hmm. I've dealt, Courtney, with, as you know, just about every single thing you can imagine when it comes to the mental health circus tent, Mm -hmm. but I have never dealt with myself having a panic attack or anybody else. And I just felt so helpless and so horrible for her. So not only am I hoping, and I know that you will deliver the goods today. I see the copious notes as always. (laughs) I always have the copious notes. Not only will you be able to hopefully help somebody like her who has them, but Mm -hmm. let's not forget about the people, the loved ones who are around people like this, who experience them. And is there anything that we can do to help a alleviate that. Absolutely. So first off, panic attacks can come on you. They come on very suddenly. It's very intense surge of fear, panic, anxiety. They're overwhelming. And usually it's not anything that's actually happening to you. There's nothing that you should be fearful of at that moment. It's just that your body feels like there's danger right then and there. Sometimes it can be due to, like I said, stressors, things that have been going wrong, that have been upsetting you in your life. It could be because you have a trauma background. A lot of people with PTSD experience panic symptoms. Sometimes they say even through genetics, too, if your family line has had a lot of trauma in it, sometimes that can actually start to influence you. Really interesting research on epigenetics and basically saying that environmental influences can influence your genes. But when this happens, some people feel like they're having a heart attack. You can have chest pain, you can have sweating, you start getting very anxious. It's emotional and it's physical what's happening. It can be really scary. And a lot of times I say to people, especially if they first come to me for therapy and they've just experienced their first panic attack or they're early on, I always have them go and get medically checked. So you do want to make sure that you're not having any other symptoms. 
maybe you're having something else that's going on, like a heart problem mm-hmm. or something like that. Sometimes people with thyroid issues have a lot of panic attacks. These kind of symptoms can be other things. So it's important to see your doctor and figure out if, in fact, they are panic attacks. That's when a lot of times they send them to therapists to get some help. And clearly also avoid romantic relationships with Brian Mulhern. Oh, that's another <laughs> Well, big you're step. off the market there, so <laughs> I guess I guess they're For all now. set. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a day-to-day with that whole thing. Now, Courtney, I was going to ask you that. In terms of you saying that it is a genetic thing, mm-hmm. is this something that can happen to children? I don't know. I've dodged certain bullets mm-hmm. from a mental health perspective. One of them is panic attacks. Right. People have also told me about night terrors. Mm-hmm. I've never had that either. Are those two things related? And in terms of me asking you this question about can you get this really young, the only examples of panic attacks that I have seen have seemed to hit people later in life. Mm -hmm. Now, I mentioned my wife, and I also told you that I had just finished reading a book, Jerry Remy, former Red Sox second baseman, who was also a longtime analyst for the Boston Red Sox, basically the color man. He unfortunately recently passed away from cancer. And he was talking about his battles with depression that began late in life while he was in the broadcast booth Mm -hmm. when he started having panic attacks. They came out of nowhere. And basically what happened was he was afraid to leave his house because he was afraid he would have a panic attack in public. He was afraid he would have one when he was in the booth. And that really shut him down to the extent that I think for one stretch, he wouldn't even go on the air for six months. He was doing a game in Tampa Bay, freaked out during a game and actually had his wife fly down and come and get him. That's how bad it was. Well, for that point, and I'll answer about the kids, what happens is, and this is what we work on in therapy, you have the initial panic attack, you have the anxiety, but you start to get anxiety and panic about having one. Mm -hmm. So it actually ramps it up. It can cause them to come on more and it can, like you said, shut you down from doing activities and it can really make your life a lot smaller because you start getting afraid. You don't want to have a panic attack in public and so it adds on top of it. So in therapy, we do a lot of work around not having to add on top. First, you have the clean anxiety, which is the first anxiety and then the dirty anxiety is the reaction to the anxiety. So what we first want to do is decrease the amount of anxiety you're piling on to the initial panic attack or the initial anxiety. So we talk to people a lot about when they first start having some panic, say, okay, I understand what this is. Let's name it. I'm having a panic attack. Let's do some self-talk. Let's not escalate ourselves. Because like if your friend was going through it, you wouldn't sit down next to them and be like, oh my God, you're having a panic attack. You wouldn't do things to make them feel worse. You would do things to try to calm them, distract them, help them to breathe a little slower. You want to do things that can help their body to say, hey, wait a minute, I'm not really in trouble. I can slow down here. So that's a big part of it, what you just illustrated through the story with Jeff this is what can happen with people is you can actually make it worse. You can have them, but then you can start having them more because you have a fear around it. Well, in some ways, you're reminding me of something we've discussed before, and that is the issues that I've had with anxiety and the trick that my therapist used to tell me. Mm-hmm. Once it starts, envision the stop sign. Mm-hmm. Just kind of stop yourself in your tracks, realize what's going on, what's happening, Mm -hmm. that it's coming from within and not externally, Mm -hmm. and hopefully it can take you out of that moment. Right. And the thing is, too, when you're asking about kids, yeah, kids definitely can get a lot of anxiety. We're seeing this now with a lot of kids having panic attacks and having anxiety. So it is important to watch those kiddos and check in with them and give them some tools to help them with relaxation, with mindfulness, and 
being that good model for them and also normalizing this and saying, okay, let's go get some help. It's okay. If you're feeling stressed and struggling, it's definitely okay to get some help and get more perspective around this and get some more tools. And I'm imagining it is probably on the increase with kids of this generation Mm -hmm. for all kinds of reasons. First of all, they're exposed to way too much, Mm -hmm. as we say all the time. Everything that's on the internet, the social media, the bullying that can come with that, the pandemic, everything getting shut down. I missed my Little League season. I missed my graduation. Could be kindergarten, could be high school. I missed my prom. You start probably panicking, thinking, well, I haven't experienced much in life, and is the rest of my life going to be this way? I could totally see that being that snowball rolling down. Yeah, of course, of course. And I think I wasn't that young. I was probably in college, I think, when I first had panic attacks. Yeah, when you're younger, things hit you. I was in high school, I remember... I was with my high school boyfriend. We were together for a couple of years and his mother unexpectedly passed away and I was very close to her and it was right at Christmas. If it wasn't on Christmas, it was like the day after. It was our senior year. It was just very traumatic and very upsetting. I didn't know exactly what to do to help him. I was going through feelings. There was all sorts of stuff going on. And then from there, it was senior year of high school. We were deciding what we were going to do. He decided to go into the army. I went to college and so we separated, but we were still together, but he went through a lot because he lost his mom. So he kind of changed and I fell all over the place. I couldn't get my bearings on things. You're adrift, I'd imagine, emotionally. When I went to college, I really had this whole expectation and I think I can really relate when kids have all these expectations, things are going to be better, things are going to be different when I go to college, when this happens, when that happens. Well, I went to college and unfortunately I was put in an all-girls dorm that I did not request and it was a triple. So always there's somebody who's left out, right? So there's what I wouldn't us. have given to yeah, in that dorm. I know. Your <laughs> eyes just went, woo, well, it wasn't that fun. Boom. <laughs> So I was put in a triple. I couldn't connect with my roommates. One of them I could, but the other one I had a hard time with. So I would go home every weekend. Freshman year was very, very challenging. And I noticed that's when I started to get panic attacks. And they would come out of nowhere. And you wouldn't know what they were connected to. But I think that I didn't realize that I had depression. I had some anxiousness going on at the time. And so some of this stuff started coming through, through panic attacks. You've, as always, illuminated things for me as to why I don't get panic attacks. Mm. You're talking about expectations and them not being met. Right. My whole life is lowered expectations. <laughs> you keep them low. No wonder why I'm not. <laughs> things are pretty much going as crappy as I thought they would. Hey, who knows? Maybe that has helped you out in that way. I don't know. And maybe that's what people... <laughs> should start doing hoping for the best but expecting the worst (laughs) well we work with people with cbt we talk to them about how you're looking at things and maybe if you adjust your expectation or adjust the way that you're looking at things then maybe it wouldn't feel so scary because that's what it's about there's a lot of fear there oh my gosh what if this happens what if this doesn't work out the way that i want it to and you start to have all of this anxiousness build up. And for a lot of people, especially with perfectionism and all sorts of things like that, I think it can make it worse. Mm -hmm. Even just bringing in some humor to it and be like, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. I worked with somebody with anxiety and I said, every time they go in the store, they would sweat. So we did all these different techniques to help her through it. But then I said, why don't you put a sweatband on? Make it into a thing. Like, I know this is going to happen, but 
Did you get your shopping done? Yes. You got your mission done. Yes, your body went into sweating and having some anxiousness, but you got done what you needed to and you moved on. So In the parking lot, I'm Brian Mulhern. <laughs> In the store, I'm Meadowlark Lemon from the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> exactly. So knowing that sometimes certain situations are going to create this anxiety, but looking at it from a different way rather than all or nothing, oh my gosh, it would be horrible if, because those kind of thoughts can create more panic and anxiety. Now, I know I threw a lot at you early, so I want to bring this back around because I really am curious because I haven't experienced either one. Panic attacks, Mm -hmm. which is something that you would experience when you're awake. What about night terrors that Mm -hmm. people have told me about? Are these two cousins of each other? Is that a panic attack that maybe you're having while you sleep? That's a good question. I actually don't know in particular if it's a panic attack at night. I guess you could consider it that. It sounds like it. I've had clients who have night terrors and there are medications that people can go on that can help them if they're having really bad nightmares and night terrors that can help them to get through it. But I treat it very similar because it's all anxiety based. Mm -hmm. I encourage them to do relaxation before bed, maybe guided meditation, maybe progressive relaxation. And that's where you tense up different parts of your body and then release it so that you can get a deeper relaxation. So there's different things that you can do if you're having issues at night. But that's a good point. Maybe it is similar to that. I think I'd prefer the panic attack to the night terror Mm -hmm. because it would feel like while you're asleep, you have so little in the way of control to the extent that maybe you be afraid to fall asleep if this is something that you get on a regular basis. I've heard people talk about like sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah, It sounds like an absolute nightmare and I don't mean that to be a pun anyway, Mm -hmm. but it really and truly does. And that again is if you're experiencing anything like that, it can be connected to disorders where mm-hmm. you can really get a lot of good mental health help from that, from going and, and seeing a provider. Like I said, the medications, if people don't want to use medications, of course, there's lots of things that we do behaviorally to try to help people and educate people on what to do for relaxation. But a lot of that, especially with the panic attacks, it's similar to what you would do to help someone else is what you would do to help yourself. So it's talking them through. Like you said, you weren't sure sometimes when that would happen with your wife, you weren't sure what to do. But I'm sure you were probably trying to be a comfort to her when that would happen. I don't know. I started to panic a little bit myself. Oh, you did? <laughs> You're, well, yeah. I'm not the guy you want in your foxhole. What's happening here? Yeah, but I think that is probably what you need to do is be mm-hmm. that calming influence. And I do want to say she is in therapy and she doesn't seem to get them as much. I think when things get very stressful yeah. at work and she has a high stress job from time to time, it can affect her. If something's going on, with her son. Mm -hmm. She can be affected that way. There are definitely triggers associated with it. And in terms of treatment, in Jerry Remy's case, because Mm -hmm. I was fascinated to read about his journey, he said he tried therapy and it got him nowhere. And he Mm -hmm. tried medication and it was getting him nowhere until... They just messed with it, experimented around, and found the perfect combination that worked for him. And that was ultimately what tamped it down Mm -hmm. for him. It helped him to the extent, and I found this to be fascinating. I don't know how much of his story you know, Corny, but his son ended up murdering his girlfriend, who was the mother of his grandchildren. And even with all of that going on, and believe me, that was very high profile. Mm -hmm. There was all kinds of press. There were people demanding that he never go back in the booth. Even throughout all of that, for as much as that absolutely devastated him, he never mentioned that he had a panic attack throughout all of that. And at that point, he was on the medication. And even with that horrific thing going on in his life, it seemed to help him. So for anybody who's afraid of medication, Mm -hmm. let that serve as an example as to how much it 
it can help. And there's so many different kinds of medication too. I mean, for some people, they go on a benzodiazepine. We use that for people when they're having the panic, maybe as a PRN, like if you're feeling the anxiety come That's on. That's as needed for the non-pharmacy yeah. therapist I was just people. about to say, you use it as needed. It's a PRN. But there's other things too, like if you go on an antidepressant, some of them also help with anxiety. Mm-hmm. There's different medications that you can go on. So just talking to the provider and saying, hey, what are the options? Because yeah, you don't want to go on something that a lot of people may get used to quickly and build up a tolerance quickly. So you want to check out your options on that to not let that hold you back just to see what's out there. As far as when you're helping someone or helping yourself, one of the things I talk to people about If you're looking at me right now, you're giving me a hard focus, but you can still see around me. You can see the cat country sign. (laughs) I see you right through you. And so I'm like, Oh my God, Courtney's having a panic attack. Stop looking at me. So I I see you, but I can see the cat country sign. I Mm -hmm. can see different things in the soft focus. Now, I try to describe this to my clients where now if I look at the cat country sign, I can see you in soft focus. So there's ways where I have them shift between internal focus and external focus focus. So if they're feeling a lot inside and they're getting very nervous, then yes, let's look at the outside focus, a softer focus inside, but a hard focus on outside. Let's name some things that you see. Let's name some things that you feel that you can actually touch. Let's name some things that you can smell, that you can hear. That will get you out of yourself and help you to focus on other things. And we call that grounding technique. It's almost like peripheral (laughs) emotions, isn't it? Yeah, it helps you to ground, but it helps to shift the focus. Mm -hmm. So now, like for you, if you walk into a room and you start getting anxious because there's a lot going on and it's like too much to focus on. Where's my headband? (laughs) Need your headband. Maybe close your eyes if you can sit down and close your eyes for a moment or shift internally. Pay attention to your breathing. Pay attention to your thoughts. Talk to yourself and say, it's going to be okay. This also will pass. You still have a focus. You know what's going on around you, but you're shifting the focus. And that can sometimes help people, especially the self-talk either way to try to let yourself know this too shall pass. It feels horrible. I tell my clients, I'll sit there with them when they're having a panic attack. I know it feels horrible. I'm not trying to minimize their feelings. It feels horrible, but have you been through this before? Yes. How do we get through this? Let's slow down your breathing. Let's look externally. Let's remember how to use our grounding. I would say in some ways, by taking that approach, you are gifting yourself control Mm -hmm. because you're looking at what seems to be chaotic Mm -hmm. and something that you can't control all over the place and you're freaking out and saying, oh my God. But if suddenly you turn the mirror on yourself and Mm -hmm. you start thinking about your breathing and what your thoughts are and all those other things, suddenly it's not about all of that. It's about you. Exactly. If you're having panic and it's too much internally, like you're freaking out about your breathing, then let's look outside. And I'll say, name five orange things in my office. Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) I do that with anger. I do that with strong emotions. And what it does is it brings you from a 10 down to an eight, down to a seven, down to a four. And it brings you down. Maybe I'll try this in the studio if you get angry some days. Brian, what's orange in the studio? Orange Julius. (laughs) But these are the techniques that you can learn through therapy. You can also Google them very easily. There's the grounding technique. It's the 5432 one, you can Google that, or the 333. You said there would be no math. <laughs> the 333, three things you see, name three things you hear, three things that you can move, just like move your wrist, move your fingers, move your toes. That's just a way to ground yourself and not focus so much on the thing that is causing you all of this anxiousness. And what it does is it brings it back down. 
also you're telling your body it's okay. If you feed into it, then you're telling your body there's an emergency here. Oh my God, we should be all amped up. But if you can distract yourself, it can calm your body. And it feels like a lot of this is trigger driven. Mm -hmm. So it probably also becomes about avoiding those triggers. Yes, avoiding triggers. And sometimes we can't and sometimes we don't even know what the triggers are. But yes, preventative is very important. So avoiding those triggers or knowing, okay, are there certain places? Maybe I need to go with a friend or I need to go at a different time. Maybe it's too busy at certain times. Like for the example of going food shopping, that can cause people anxiety and panic. So we'll say, okay, what's a good time for you to go when there's less people? Maybe you go with a friend. Maybe you go with your list. Maybe on your list, you put like a little quote on there that helps to refocus you or something funny. Really make a plan. I tell people, if you get anxious in certain places, you need to make a plan around that. You already know that that place is going to make you more anxious. So being prepared. And also, I know it sounds boring, but I say this all the time taking care of yourself, making sure you're getting rest, making sure Mm -hmm. that you're eating okay, check in with yourself, take your emotional temperature. How am I doing today? Is this a good day to do X, Y, or Z? Or is this not a good day to do that? Don't ignore some of the signs that our body gives us and really take that as more information. And also they say too, avoid things like caffeine and smoking and alcohol because those things can ramp up panic attack. It can make your body more revved up. I'll talk to somebody who's having a lot of panic attacks and I'll say, well, how much coffee are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking a pot of coffee. With a Red Bull chaser. Exactly. Like, okay, we need to decrease that. And also, exercise is great. Getting outside, taking walks, go for a run. Do whatever makes you happy for exercise. Even just a few minutes a day, it will help your body get out some of this anxiety. You said exercise. I started to panic. I know. It makes you go, what? (laughs) Let's get back to the groceries. Let's get back to something I love. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's his happy place. The grocery store. (laughs) Through self-checkout. That's right. I don't want to have to talk to anybody. It's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. The other day, my worst nightmare, I went to scan my first item and the light started flashing and somebody had to come over and made it. I'm like, oh no, no. Talk to this person. That's what this isn't supposed to be. (laughs) Panic, panic, panic. (laughs) Yeah. Then that's when you use your coping, Brian. You say, I've been through this before. I can get through this again. Take your deep breathing. Do your self-talk. Can you do it? (laughs) Let me look into my card and find something orange. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Tropicana. No pulp. Start eating some chocolate. Courtney told me to go to my happy place. (laughs) Well, Courtney, very informative as always. I thank Mm -hmm. you for the work that you do. And if anybody has any questions, don't panic. Yes. There is a way to get in touch with this lady right here. (laughs) Wellness at WCTK.com. And you can also go to catcountry.com. We have the wellness 411 page. Lots of great resources on there. There's a lot of things, too, to help you find a therapist if you need one. So check that out as well. Social media platforms at Cat Country Mornings. Individual pages, Courtney with a C, Kelly E-Y, Bedard sometimes, Brian with an I, always, Mulhern, H-E-R-N as well. And don't forget about telling people about this very podcast, Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can get it on your smart devices. If you have trouble with that, there's always the Google, leave a review. Mm -hmm. And if you know somebody who suffers from panic attacks... What better way to calm them down yes. with this soothing voice right here? <laughs> help validate them. Always give yourself that self-compassion to help you to calm and to relax. If you know of anybody who's going through a struggle, definitely turn them on to us. All right. Mm-hmm. I go through all kinds of struggles. That's why I do the podcast. <laughs> hoping that I can learn something. You. Yeah. We hope that you've learned something too. And we hope that you will also be learning something when it comes to episode 111 next week. In the meantime, thanks for joining us. Have a great week. I'm on